Hello and welcome to the Ember Football Podcast. I'm Andrew and alongside me is Callum. Callum, how are we doing? Ah, not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, doing away. Thank you. Tonight we have a, a jam-packed show as always. We'll speak everything Hibs, Hearts, Edinburgh City and matters from our teams in the Lowland League. Callum, we will start with Hibs. They picked up a, a fantastic three points at the weekend. We spoke last week saying it was imperative that uh, Hibs won to put pressure on Hearts who didn't uh, play until the Sunday. And they've done that. An impressive 6-0 win over Hamilton. Yeah, six going on 16. It was one of those games where you're sitting watching and any time Hibs went forward, they could have scored. But after Boyle got the first goal, there was four chances before Malin made it 2-0. And not just four sort of, oh, no, it's not really a chance. It's a couple that should have been, Canberra misses a couple of headers that really should have been. And Hibs were just absolutely dominant. The result uh, has been coming for the last few weeks, I think. Lennon's been saying it himself that Hibs have been creating enough chances and just not putting teams to bed. And they certainly put that right on Saturday. Just It was an unbelievable display. Yeah, I mean, to even taking the, the goals out of it, Callum, you know, six of obviously a high number. But you've got to be impressed with the way Hibs actually played as well. Listening to the game, you were there, I was listening to it on the radio. It sounded like any time a Hamilton player got the ball, there was two Hibs players pressing, were pressing them high up the park. And when Hibs had the ball, Hamilton just could not get near them. No, Hamilton literally couldn't get near Hibs at all. Hibs were just on another level. It's the sort of performance that Mowbray, John Collins, those sort of eras in which Hibs had fantastic teams uh, to watch, played some really nice football, but never really accomplished anything other than the League Cup in 2007. But it was a throwback to those days where Hibs were just knocking the, ball, knocking the ball about for fun. And it really could have been anything. Yeah. The game actually started, I don't want to go through the game too much. We'll be here all, <laughs> here all evening. But we've got to be impressed with the first chance of the game actually falls to Hamilton. But Bogdan, a little word for him, a really good save. You know, yeah. good block and... Showing again, you know, there's talk of Marciano perhaps fighting again for that jersey, but Bogdan's doing all he can to, to hold on to it. Yeah, well, Rocky was on the bench on Saturday there. So Bogdan, big save at a big time, but it was a classic FA moment, shall we say. He, Him and Poches just miscommunicating. I think FA might have shouted, but he just lets it go through. And to be fair, Bingham should have scored and... Yeah, it might have been a different story had Hamilton taken the lead there. But from that moment on, Hibs were just utterly dominant. Yeah. Last week, Callum, we, we spoke of how impressed we are with, with Mark Milligan. It's another game that he's played, Callum, and it's another game that Hibs come in with a win and also a clean sheet. Yeah, he's just, ever since he uh, stepped onto the park when the Hibs jersey, Hibs haven't conceded a goal. That will be severely tested in the next league game at Parkhead. But he's just classic. He reads the game so well. His ability to just know where to be in, at the right times and pop off the short passes, he barely wastes a pass. He's, he came with a bit of a reputation and it's certainly fulfilled because he's absolutely fantastic. We spoke about you know Milligan when he plays. It frees up players maybe more forward areas. 
you know, the likes of Malin and, and Heinemann and Horgan when he plays and Agupon, they don't have to be worried so defensively anymore. You know, he will sit in and, and do that job. And we speak about Stevie Malin, Calm, his ninth goal of the season now, or, you know, eighth and ninth, but all outside the box. Yeah. It's such, you know, every week we speak about it, but it's such a weapon to have. Yeah, he literally can pick it up from anywhere and he's got that in his arsenal in which he can test the keeper from 30 yards inwards. It's just phenomenal to have someone in the midfield to score that amount of goals. It's something Hibs have lacked for several years. Uh, but just going back to Mark Milligan, because he's playing the holding role in the sort of base of the diamond that Hibs played on mm-hmm. Saturday, when Hibs went forward, he slipped seamlessly into the back three, which, sorry, to make it a back three, mm-hmm. which allowed the wingbacks, well, sorry, the, the fullbacks and Stevenson and Gray to push further forward and just pile more pressure on Hamilton. So because of his awareness and his quality to be able to just transition between defence and midfield, he's able to just give Hibs another dimension, which they've lacked for a few years. Well, I know that Lennon spoke about that, didn't he? That they were working on a new shape. So perhaps the signing of Milligan and this gives Hibs that real opportunity to drop into a back three, to push full backs on. It just makes it such a more natural transition when you've got the football, you know, and it's... Hibs are reaping the benefits for that. Calm, Hyman, you know, he gets into the SPFL team of the week, scored a decent goal, nice finish. Yeah. He's not somebody that I've seen a lot of this season in a Hibs jersey, but he must have done something right on Saturday, did he? He played well. He's come on to a game. I think with what you are saying earlier about Milligan being able to free up the attacking players, He's sort of come onto his own a little bit more and he's more settled at the club. And, you know, he's taking his opportunity when he gets into the team and, you know, he looks really good again. He's a bit of a, I don't want to say mood player, in which I think if he's if he's enjoying himself, he'll be better. But he does tend to maybe drop out of games. But on Saturday, he was just everywhere and constantly causing Hamilton problems. He could have had two or three. What type of player is he? Is he... Somebody that almost, is he like a Scott Allen creative type player that plays in the hole, or is he almost a sort of number ten? Is but not quite a number ten. He's very comfortable with the ball at his feet. He can run at players. He's got a good shot on him. He's got good passing ability. But is he as good as Scott Allen? That's still another matter. Not, not too sure about that, but. He can create and he can score goals. So, yeah, I would say the, the class at number 10. Well, as we, as we said you know, in previous episodes, it's, it's important that you get players from midfield that can score goals. And he got one on Saturday, so hopefully he can kick on from that. Callum, Hibs has still got players missing, you know, some big players as well. And from the bench, we still had players that came on from the bench, even though we've got players out missing. We're now really starting to see how important Hibs' depth is and how big a squad of talent that Hibs do have. Yeah, I think for a long time, you've got a solid 11 that Hibs have had, but now you're looking at it more and, you know, Marciano was on the bench there, but he's he's not playing. He was number one last season, but not in the 
I mean, McGregor, he's not returned since his knee injury. You've got Jamie McLaren, who's still missing. You've got Paul Hanlon, who's still missing. Agupon wasn't in the squad altogether. I don't know if that's because he's going away to play in the mm-hmm. qualifiers for Ghana. Then you've got <clears throat> the fact that... Sorry. sorry. Uh, and then you've got the fact that guys like Horgan are on the bench coming yeah. off. And another thing that I was impressed with was young young lads getting a chance because they can. Hibs are in control, 3-0 up. They can put young players on, just like we were talking about Hearts last week. A little bit of management of these young players' careers. So Jamie Gullen came off the bench and impressed, really. He did well, linked up very well with Canberry, but it's all about managing these these young players' careers and Lennon's taking a leaf out of Levine's book there. Yeah, and I think of the last goal there, the own goal, you can clearly tell that Canberry's trying to get the young boy a goal, hasn't he? Yeah, that's that's what I thought of the game. He's, well, another, he's day, to... another day, another day, he'd have shot himself, but it looked like he's actually trying to play him in. But international break now for Hibs, eh, or for for all the SPL, not just Hibs, but international break. Cal. For me, it's come probably a, a bit of a bad time for Hibs. Hibs have hit a bit of form. Are you seeing this break as a bit of a hindrance? Yes and no, because it's Hibs. It Hibs went into the last international break after defeat to Livingston. So had a nice run of fixtures, which I expected them to take 12 points from. They have done that, kept themselves in the mix at the top of the table. So it was very important to bounce back. But I think this international break has maybe come at a good time because it gives a couple of players the opportunity to have a couple of weeks to get themselves fit again. And looking at who who the first game is up after the international break, Celtic away. That could be imperative to have a Paul Hanlon back, you know. So, given a couple of extra weeks to recuperate, well, sorry, an extra week to recuperate, that's that could well be key for him. Probably actually not a bad team to play after the, the international break, given that you know Celtic are a team like Hibs in not bad form now. They hit St Johnston for for six as well yeah. the weekend. So they're probably in the same boat as Hibs at this precise moment. They'll want another game. Both teams will be looking to try and get that momentum again. So probably not a bad time to play Celtic. Looking ahead, Callum, there's some big games coming up, for big league games coming up for Hibs over the next, next little while, isn't it? Celtic, Hearts and Aberdeen. Well, the thing is, the fixtures were slightly kind to Hibs. They didn't play any of the other big three until, well, the League Cup semi-finals put paid to the fact that Hibs should be at uh, sorry, playing Rangers at home uh, the week after Celtic, but for some reason the fixture list has drawn up that sort of level back to back, which is a bit strange, shall we say, to play the other three biggest clubs in Scotland back to back. But it's one of those Hibs after they play Celtic, they have a free week before the midweek game against Hearts. Hearts have got the massive semi final against Celtic, so it's one of those. What position would you rather be in? Probably rather have games because I think you can lose a little bit of match sharpness if you're not. But it's it's going to be interesting and it will be a true test to see where Hibs are. You yeah. know if they can come out the other side. Well, we'll, we'll just sort of you know c- conclude the Hibs part, Callum. We spoke a couple of weeks ago saying that it was important the Hibs went on a bit of a run. You know they had winnable games coming up, and we've done that. We won every one. Absolutely, yeah. Move on to, to Hearts, Callum. We spoke that it was good, the first real test 
last week. We said it was the first real test. When they played Celtic, a great win, but they had Celtic at a good time. Yeah. This was the first the first big one of their, of their, their league season so far, in our eyes anyway. And it came with the first defeat of the season. Craig Levine said they, they shot themselves in the foot, and we've got to agree with that. Yeah, it just... I managed to find a stream which was Rangers TV and you've got to listen to that with the sound right down <laughs> because, my God, I mean, obviously, their own club's TV, they will be cer- certainly a little bit biased, but every single decision that went against Rangers was, oh, it should have been a red card and a stonewall penalty. It was absolutely <laughs> frightening. But when I got it on, and just as I got it on, because it took ages, it was the free kick that led to the first goal. And I'm sitting there going, he must be offside. And I was just waiting on the flag. And it didn't come. And I went, surely he's off. Surely he's off. There's there's not a chance. But to play, Hearts have done that a couple of times already this season. They've played that offside trap. To go to Ibrox, having brought Uchi back in for his first game in a few weeks, I think it was very bold to play that because he's not paying attention. And it was him, in fact, who played Morales on. And then Hmm. it's just what you're not wanting to do at Ibrox is give the sort of hordes uh, an opportunity to make some noise. And that's exactly what they did. And it was so disappointing to see because we've spoken about how good hearts have been defensively this season. And that that mistake cost. They were 1-0 down. But what impressed me straight away is hearts went up the other end and should have equalised through Stephen Eastman. Yeah. You can't start in that fashion, but it's, just a, it's a terrible goal, to, a, a shocking goal to concede that first one, especially three minutes in the game. And it surprises me to to play an offside trap three minutes in the game also just amazes me. That's something you see maybe later on in a game. You know, you have that in your army to use later on, maybe when you're under pressure later on in the game and you catch them off unawares. But to use that so early and it... It's a risk to use that, and it, and it didn't pay off. You know, Uchi, like you say, lack of concentration, maybe hasn't heard a shout, and it's it's sort of it's killed them, really. But you said they responded really well, and, and they had two big chances at 1-0 down. Two big chances. I think Naismith is bigger than Uchi's, if I'm honest, because Hearts got the ball forward, really good play, out wide left. Peter Haring goes in, wins that ball. Uchi gets it into the box, and Naismith takes the touch. He gets free from the centre-half. And he has to score for me. He has to score. He's about six, mm. seven yards out. Player of his quality. And if Hearts equalise there, all of a sudden the atmosphere in the ground changes. Ibrox is silenced. And Hearts can then, they're back on level terms. They can start again. They, it just, I couldn't believe he missed, if I'm honest. And then Uche, great running with the ball at his feet. How many times have we said he's got great feet for a big man? He gets into the box. I think... Decent save. It's a good save from McGregor. They, they were saying on the sports scene, could he have squared it to Stephen McLean? I'm not too sure. I think he's done the right thing, taking a shot. And it just... If Hearts had got back into the game at that stage, I think we would have seen a completely different result yeah, on that. Saturday. But again, a couple of minutes later, shoot themselves in the foot again. Yeah, so, you know... It, they're starting to get a foothold in the game at that point. You know, they've created a chance with Naismith, they've created a chance with Uche. You know, they're getting, building up the momentum in the game, they're getting a foothold. And then Mitchell, 
that kills it off. You know, you're 13 minutes in the game, and and that's probably the game done. Yeah, I just I don't understand. You know, we've got a mutual friend that says you can't play you can't play Mitchell at, at left back. You've got to play him further forward. Maybe that's a sign of that. You know, diddly dallying with the ball in your own yeah. box. You can't you can't do that. Well, I was out on Saturday night and I was talking to my mate, and he was saying that well, we both agreed that Garuccio should play left back for Hearts and that Mitchell should play further forward because Tavernier can't defend. Mm. He's very good going forward, yeah. but he can't defend. So he's going to leave a gap exposed there that Hearts can take advantage of. Mitchell's pace, that's where you want him. So Garuccio in at left back, natural left back, but what I was hearing is that Man United are wanting Mitchell to be played further, further back. So they're wanting him to play more as a left-back instead. So I don't know if that's in the contract where Hearts have to honour that a little bit. But for me, he's far better going forward. And Garuccio in it left-back, I think that would have made a bit of a difference because he would have just hooked that out. And Mitchell gets caught dallying on the ball. And then, realistically though, Morales with that free, uh, sorry flick, people are saying that, oh my God, what a goal. That could have gone anywhere. Yeah, right? he's, he's not messy. There's no way that he's meant that to fly into the top corner. That could have, like, he could have missed that. That could have trundled in his Lamo's arms. Not a chance that the next 99 times he tries that, that ends up in that exact finish. So, I just, just, but if Hearts hadn't been cute, I think they would have come away still nil-nil at that point. It's two goals that just, that amaze me. You know, we we spoke so long about Craig Levine team defend, it's 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 no nonsense, it's organised, it's little mistakes. For two goals of that fashion, it's just, it, it amazes me. It's, it, it did. It's not, well, I mean, in my notes, I put very unhearts-like. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Yeah. The amount of times that I've seen hearts and, you know, Andy Webster was one of the classics. It just, any time we got the ball, if in, doubt, if in doubt, boom, it's, it's out. It doesn't matter. He just got rid. And, Hearts have always had centre-halves like that. They've always been very, very good defensively, and it's just get the ball away. For them to defend like they did on Sunday, which I just I didn't see it coming, if no, I'm honest. No. The third goal, right on the sort of half-hour mark, Scott Arfield uh, grabs his goal, made it 3-0. And Zlamal, we've spoke pretty highly of him. He's done well in what he's had to yeah. do so far this season. But he's got to do better for that, so. for that third goal. I think so. I think he's, I think he's just he's panned it in an area that you just don't do. Is no. a goalie that's if you're if you're getting something on it, you need to get it out and away. And he's panned it right into the six yard box. And I don't know if someone should be following the run of Scott Arfield, but he has a simple task to just tap that in. And all of a sudden, Hearts find themselves three 0 down, and probably aggrieved to find themselves 3-0 down because there's not that much between the two sides. See if you look at the stats, shots uh, attempted, shots on target. I think other than corners where Rangers were about 8-3, hmm. every other stat was very level. So it wasn't as if this was a fantastic Rangers performance. It was the fact that Hearts, in a very unlike Hearts way, cost themselves. Yeah, three, three mistakes, three goals. That's it. So yeah. avoidable. Rangers took their chances, Hearts didn't. That's what it came down to at the end of it. Is this the first game that we're seeing the signs that, that Berra 
is a big a big loss to that Hearts side. Yeah, I think ironically, I when I was out on Saturday, we were talking about how if Berra was fit, he probably might not get back into the team because Dunn and Suter have been so good. And then I think if you've got Berra in that back line going to Ibrox, it's a completely different game. I think yeah. the the leadership he brings to the team, not not just his ability, but his leadership would have been very key to what Hearts wanted to do. And because it, it was very soft goals they lost. So soft, yeah. Last couple of points, Callum. The Smith red card. I didn't really think it was. Yeah, I was going to ask I'll you. Be honest, what you I thought. I thought the yellows they got booked for, unless he's like off camera, it was he picked up. You know, it was just persistent fouling. They seemed pretty soft. I think. I mean, when he blocks off the run at, uh, to get second, I didn't think there was much in that. I didn't think there was anything really in his first challenge on Ajaria, but it just. I don't know. It was it was it was an odd one for me. I didn't think it was two yellows, but strangely enough, as soon as Hearts went down to ten men, they pulled one back. Yeah, they they just they brought on uh, Dickamona. He slotted in that right hand side for 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 Smith, and he played well. He got a double nutmeg in there, yeah, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> so you know, it's a set and a half, but it's going to be something they've got to think about going into a couple of the next game because Smith will be now suspended. So. Dickamora coming on, playing well at Ibrox against you know Kent, you know decent players. So that that's at least something to maybe think you can be slot in there. So that's obviously a positive you can take. Another positive the fact is you're going to ten men, not conceded, and you've actually won the game with ten men. Yeah, that, you know, well, that won period, the second half. Won, won, the, won the second half. So that's obviously a, a positive. Another sort of thing I want to speak with Callum is is, is June. You know, he started the, the game on the sort of more right hand side, but. He's got to start playing more central. You know, I think the, yeah. the, the form of Lee and, and Haring are obviously, you can't drop them because they've been playing so well, but Jume isn't a, a wide player. No, I think, I'm not going to say that he's not good, but he's a lot more effective if he's been played through the middle because he can influence the game a lot more. I don't know if it's just he doesn't like playing out there, but when he's out on the wing, he's not offering a lot to hearts and they'd be better placed playing sort of Cal Morrison or Mulraney who are used to playing yeah, out natural. on the wing, you know. Whereas Jim, although he does have undeniable quality, if he's not getting played in the centre, he's not offering a lot to hearts. Yeah. Yeah. International break, we spoke that it could or I spoke that it could potentially be a hindrance for 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 Hibbs. I think though this has come at a good time for Hearts. I think so. I think it's a good opportunity for them to sort of recharge the batteries and look ahead because it is some set of fixtures yeah. that Hearts have coming up. They've got Aberdeen at home, yeah. Celtic at home, and then you know Hibs at home. So and then a League Cup game as well oh, against no. Celtic. That was the joke. All right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Celtic in the league as well. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. it. That's it. Parkheads the the week after. But you've three big games and look. We'll speak more about them there, but I think it's a good opportunity because Hearts have the majority of the squad still there because somehow the Austrian coach is still overlooking <laughs> Peter Haring. And I don't know what Southgate's looking at because he's not picked Ollie Lee either. So it's one of those. <laughs> but they've they've got a good chance to just a couple of days off and then prepare for these massive three games. So 
it's it's a good place for Hearts to be. I think it's going to be a help rather than a hindrance. Uh, so we'll move on to Edinburgh City now. And Andrew actually caught up with their number one, Cal Mantle, during the week. And this is his interview here. Thank you for joining me, Callum. How are you getting on? Yeah, no, not too bad, mate. Thanks. Um, good to be on. I've <laughs> been listening to it for the last couple of weeks. So it's good to finally get a chance to come on, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. I appreciate that. OK, Callum, so last weekend you had Bennett Rangers at home. It was a 3-0 win. Another clean sheet for you. You must be delighted to finish the first quarter of the season top of the league. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something we probably didn't aim for um, sort of at the start of the season. Um I don't think sort of anyone in the club expects us to be where we are right now. But I tell you what, with Ayla Merritt, um, it's been brilliant sort of in the first quarter. Um, last Saturday was exactly the same. It was a very comfortable win. Um, in my eyes, I probably didn't have a save to make, um, which has probably been the same over the last two or three weeks, which is unusual, to be honest. Um, but I think it just shows how well the boys are doing at the minute. And uh, when credit's due, I think with Ayla Merritt, like I said, which you can't fault them. No, absolutely. As you said, another another sort of comfortable afternoon for you. I think I counted maybe one save against Cowdenbeath, one save on, on Saturday there against Berwick. So things are good. And there's obviously a lot of talk about the forward players at Edinburgh City. You know, you know, so far, Blair Henderson, the form that he's shown, Danny yeah. Handling's come in, you know, Shep's come in as well. Graham Taylor's chipped in with, with a couple of goals. But it's the defensive side which has impressed me a lot, Callum. You know, it's three clean sheets in a row. You've only conceded three league goals this season. And I've I seen it on Pie and Bovril that Ember City are the meanest defence in Scotland. What do you put this down to? You know, as a keeper, it must feel brilliant. But what are you putting this, you know, down to? Is it just purely the, the signings or is there a lot of work going on to training as well to try and, you know, keep this good form going? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of things. I think, first and foremost, it starts at the training ground, I think. Like everything, we've been working on a lot of stuff, formations, to attack feet against defence. Um but then there's the boys you brought in as well. You've got Conrad, who's played a lot higher level. Yeah. Um, Hendo's come in as well. And he's been in the centre-half. Um, but we all, like I said, it's been a settled back sort of five from the start of the season. Um, which, as a keeper yourself, you'll know. I think if you play with the same people in front of you, you get a connection with them. I think sort of showing over the last couple of weeks that I've not been able to do much mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've not needed to. Yeah. Which I'll, I'll take that every game if I have to. Um but I like to think then when I've been called uh, to help them out, I've helped them out as well. So, first and foremost, it all starts with training ground. Gaff has been different class. His training's been spot on. Um, and like I said, it all starts there. And I think confidence grows. Once you get one, you want to get another one. I think like that start, we, we all know about that start. We want to keep it going, yeah. uh, which is something the club should be proud of. Um, but like I said, it starts from the front as well. I think even though big player and all, I'll get all the credit for his goals. They've been brilliant in sort of starting at the top by defending and it's just felt on his way down and Joe has been it's been a credit to him over the last couple of weeks and uh, hopefully now we can keep it going yeah no definitely so I'm going to ask you a bit of a, an interesting question here Callum uh, you might have to watch what you say here but after nine games you're top of the league eight wins from nine I would imagine the start of the season the title might not have been the, the sort of priority but given you're now a quarter of the way through the season has that goal changed in the squad or is it one game at a time and maybe just hoping to try and get perhaps playoffs? I think um, the club's I think the club's sort of aim to start the season off is staying in the league. I think the last two years we've struggled. Um, yeah. I think we never got this amount of points till probably March last year, which shows 
how far the club has come on this year. So I think the club would say the first and foremost is staying in the league, which it should be every year. Um, but I think after the sort of start we've had, we've got to at least be looking at the playoffs now. Um, I think there's a, probably a 10-point gap now between us and fourth, I think it is, um, which at this stage is a lot of points. Yeah. Um, but I think this next quarter now will be crucial. Um, I think if we can get over the sort of winter months now with no injuries, keeping a settled squad, staying in and around it till January, we still got Josh, we still got Danny to come back, which will be two, like two brand new signings for them to come back. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I think we'll just take one game at a time so far. I thought we've got a point. We know what we've got to sort of hit each quarter. Um, I think you said that 15 points each quarter gives you playoffs. Um, 18 points wins you the league well, over the last couple of years. So we're six points ahead of that schedule at the minute. Um, but like I said, we just need to keep building now. And uh, I think these next two weeks now will be a good little break from the league. This will be top of the league now until sort of end of, I think it's the end of October when we play Sterling. Um, so we'll enjoy the next sort of two weeks against our both and Civil in the Cup and then we'll just take it, take it again then when the league starts. Well, I was going to ask you that, Callum. Obviously, now it's it's sort of two cup games in a row now. Are you seeing this maybe as a, a welcome distraction, uh, or is it, are these maybe a bit of a hindrance? Do you want to sort of keep that good league form going? Uh, it could be a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think the game off at the telly on Friday night, I think, is a big incentive. I think all the boys are sort of looking forward to that. Um, but not want to go as far as they can in these competitions, so you can't really say the hindrance. Um, we just sort of need to keep, like I said, we need to keep playing well each week um, and the Cups and the league will take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, but no, we'll be looking to win the next two weeks and hopefully keep that run, winning run going. So, last question, Callum. Obviously, our broth this this Friday evening, live on TV, that's an unbelievable I mean, an unbelievable experience for, for all involved um, at, at the club, but for, probably for both teams as well. It's not something that happens very often at, at this level. Yeah. Ember City, you know, we were always like teammates. We, we, we experienced some good memories up there at yeah. Gayfield. You know, when we were first, the first season that Ember City were in League Two, uh, we actually had a game each up there and we both both came away with 1 0 wins. So I know there isn't many players left in the Ember City sort of squad now, uh, but this is going to be a tough game on, on Friday. They've strengthened, but you strengthened as well. But do you expect to be, do you, do you expect to be busy on Friday night? Yeah, I expect so. Um, it's going to be a tough game. We, we're, not, we're not doubting that. Um, but it'll be interesting because we're top of the league. They're top of the league. So it'll, yeah. be, a good, it'll be a good game. I think for a neutral fan, I think it'll be a good game to watch. Um, but like you said, the, the club has been up there last, well, the season they were in League Two and we beat them both times. So there's nothing, there's nothing to fear at the end of the day. I don't think there's a massive step between League One and League Two, if I'm being totally honest. Um, you got the Rafe, who's a full-time team, the odd one or two full-time teams. But apart from that, I think sort of the part-time teams, is, is, there's not much in it. Um, personally, I think so. We'll be going up there looking to win. Uh, we've got nothing to fear. We just need to keep this uh, sort of winning run going, hopefully. And uh, hopefully um, we'll come away with it on Friday. Callum, thank you very much for uh, for your time. Myself and, and Callum at the, at the Ember Football Podcast were... We're delighted at the run that the Ember City are on at the moment. It's making the, the podcast a lot easier. You've obviously got a couple of cup games coming up. We wish you all, you all the best in them. But obviously, going forward in the season, let's hope this, this good form continues and there's maybe a, perhaps next season, Ember City could be in, in League One and, and what a journey that would be. But Callum, wish you all the best for, for, the, for Friday night. I hope you perform well and, uh, and good luck. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Keep up the good work as well. It's been great listening to it every week. Thank you. Take care.
Really good interview there with uh, Ember City stopper uh, Callum Antel. If we go on to speak about Ember City, you know, last weekend it was it was Berwick, a comfortable win for for them, Callum, and uh, a dominant display from from start to finish. Yeah, again, we said last week expected City to take all three points, and I think the absence of a Davy McGurn for Berwick <laughs> meant that. They were able to make the scoreline more comfortable because, again, they're creating so much and they give away so little. You know, on both ends of the park, they're they're flying, really. They're just such a solid unit. Spine of the team is fantastic. And, yeah, they're just very tough side to beat at this moment in time. Yeah, they really are in in top form. If we go through the goals, first goal, Callum, layered a really good finish, you know, just... A lot of power behind that, head over the ball. He gets over it well. It's a really nice knockback from Blair Henderson to set him up. And he gets there first. A lot of power on it. Keeper can't react. So it's a really good finish from Blair Day, yeah. The next goal comes from from Henderson. He was in a little bit of a a dry spell at a couple weeks without a goal. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it a drought for him. Call it a drought, yeah. But the first one, a decent, well-placed header. Bit of controversy because a player goes down injured in the the build-up. yeah. Uh, Sean Brennan ended up getting booked over his protests, but I think... It's an referee's decision to stop the game. You've got to play through the whistle, and realistically, yeah, they can have complaints about that one, but it wasn't going to change the result, I think. So, yes, obviously, Berwick can be annoyed, but you have to keep playing, and realistically, Henderson missed a setter before he did score. He went through one-on-one and Mm. he blazed over. So, it's one of those ones where... Yeah, when they eventually did get the second goal, but I don't think it really would have affected the, no. the outcome of the game. Third goal, Callum, six to eight minutes in, penalty from Henderson. Penalty for you? Oh, I thought it was a bit. Yeah. Think you could have stayed up? Yeah, I think it was a bit. I don't. The angle wasn't brilliant. I didn't think there was much contact in there, but I thought. Uh, he's given the penalty and Edinburgh City and penalties haven't been the best of friends really recently they've, they've missed a couple so it was good to see the big man step up and slot that home and really give City the scoreline that their dominance suggested because yeah. 3-0 and again very much like Hibs who won they both won 1-0 last weekend and this weekend you know they, they took their chances yeah the dominance of the game was was evident. You know, Berwick actually no shots on target when you look at the stats. So that sort of says it all. Quarter of the season, you know, I asked the question to to, to Cal Mantel. Quarter of the way through the season now, eight wins from nine games. Absolutely incredible. You know, incredible start they've had. They're now eight points clear from fourth who are in the playoffs. I can ask you the question. We're obviously from the outside. Is it now title? That has to be the, the main focus now, or do you think playoffs still has to be that that progress? Are we getting a bit too ahead of ourselves? Right now, playoffs minimum. I'm I, if I'm sitting there, playoffs is the bare minimum for Edinburgh City now. They like like Cam said in his interview there. You've got what fifteen points yeah. a quarter. It was a good start, that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really good I, I start. I did not have a clue about that. And yeah, eighteen points gets you a title. So. Where they're sitting right now, you know, they're doing very well. Second quarter, this is going to be a lot harder. You know, they're going to face Clyde potentially with Goodwillie. So that's a harder game. 
Peter Head will be looking to get a little bit back on them. But then what you've got to remember is they're going to have Elgin at home. They're not going to be playing on that awful pitch up at Peter Head as well. You know, so they are they are going to get better games at home. There's, I just think if they keep doing what they're doing, it's they're going to they're going to do well enough to get make. The players. What I what I wouldn't want them to do is a sort of Stirling Albion mm-hmm. from last season. They started really well, they were sitting yeah. top. They were then battling it out, and then all of a sudden it's playoffs, and you know they they made the playoffs because of the first sort of seventeen eighteen games. You know the first half of the season they were very good, and then they dropped off, and they were lucky to make the playoffs at the end. But you look at the start they've had this season. And you know, manager's gone already. So, what you want is the consistency that Edinburgh City have already got to just continue. Fair enough. Yeah, if a few of those wins turn into draws, but as long as they're picking up points week in week out, I playoffs minimum. But there's no reason why they can't see title challengers. Yeah, yeah, and they've got players that could potentially come back as well. Yeah, you know, like Callum was saying. Yeah, you've got Dunny who's still out, and then Josh Walker who's massive player and that's not to say that these guys will walk straight back into the team but it's fantastic to have quality like that that's still to come back in yeah is there a, before we speak about the game this weekend is there a potential now that Ember City could become the sort of victim of their own success with regards to you know there's jobs coming up all the time in, in Scottish football at the moment there seems to be a lot of teams yeah. you know I know Dumbarton Managers away, Airdrie managers away. You know, Pack Thistle managers recently. You know, yeah, gone. So, gone. So, is there? I'm not even talking perhaps manager. I mean, the job McDonald's done already is quite remarkable where they are at this moment in time. But players wise as well, the yeah, likes. You've got to think January's coming up. A lot of teams in other leagues will be looking at what they're doing, and that is that is a cause for concern really because. If City continue to do what they're doing, they have players that play at a higher level that might want to go back to that level. But also, if I was one of them, I would like to see out the season. If they're still winning, if they're sitting here after the next quarter and they're still sitting top by a couple of points or maybe more, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get that winner's medal. Yeah, get get that trophy and then, then then all of a sudden you're in you're in the next rung of the ladder anyway. So you're up to League One. So I, I would say not that we're looking to cause some sort of unrest in the Edinburgh City squad, but I think if they can keep this squad together, there's no reason why they can't be title challengers. This weekend, Callum, it is on Friday night. It's Arbroath in the in the Challenge Cup. Is that right? Challenge Cup is that what they call it these days? The Iron Brew. Iron Brew Iron Challenge Brew. Cup, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Friday night under the lights at, at Gayfield live on BBC Alba. It's going to be some some experience for them, but. You know, if I was to do it properly, it's only going to be a good experience if you come away with a, a decent result. That is true. The cameras are there. Gayfield is right on the uh, coastline there. So yeah. weather is going to play a factor in this game. So it's a huge opportunity for the club, though, to have a game live on telly at this level, as you were saying in your interview. It's not, it doesn't happen that often. So it's, it's good exposure Absolutely. for the club to have that, They'll be on the telly and a lot of people look at the history of where they've come from. And it's it's something, a game that they can go into where, yeah, they're playing our growth. They're sitting top of League One. They're sitting top of League Two. And not be afraid to have a go. Yeah. If you look at our growth, as you said, they're top of League One. 
four points clear of full-time Wraith Rovers. That's you know that, that takes a lot. You know, are both part-time Wraith full-time, and you're you know you're four points clear. They played each other last week as well, and it took a, a late goal for Wraith to draw level. They drew one all. That was at Stars Park as well. So, you know, now both have have got quality. You know, Bobby Lynn, Jason Thompson, people will know of it. Used to be at Hearts. You know, uh, Darren Jameson used to be at Livingston, the goalkeeper, and Stephen Doris as well was at Dundee, and I think he may even gone down south for a while as well, perhaps. But you know, they have they have got quality in their team, and they've also got you know the Torres that Campbell as, as manager. So, you know, it's 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 not going to be easy for 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 Edinburgh City. No, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. But the thing is. If you look at the results so far that Arbroath have had in this cup competition, this is the third round in a row in which they've played a team from the league below. Okay. They went up to Borough Briggs, drew one each, ended up going through on penalties, and then they beat Annan 3-0 in the second round. So you look at that, City went up to Borough Briggs, narrowly lost in a game that really should have been uh it should have been a draw. I don't think either team deserved to win that game. And then uh, they've also been yeah. Annan. So yeah. if you're looking at it fairly similar, I think going up there, just have a go. They've Edinburgh City have yeah. yeah, Edinburgh City have nothing to lose by going up there and having a go at them. They have players that have played at a certain level. Danny Hanlon played in the final of this competition last year with them back. So Yeah, that's true. They've got players that have had a little bit of success here. So why not go up there? Have a go. We know that they're solid defensively. Let's be honest. Yes, it will mean that every player will have to have their head on and do their job correctly. And I'll say in his interview, he expects to be a little bit busier. He probably will. But City certainly have the quality in their team to go up there and win. Yeah. I don't think it's a sort of <clears throat> write them off instantly. And, you know, I'm going to... I was wrong with Hearts going up to Ibrox last week, <laughs> where I thought that if Uchi played, they'd win. But you know, I think I think they will actually come through. I think it will be a very entertaining game. I think there'll be perhaps a few goals, but you know, I think I think they've got a good chance of going up there and getting something. Yeah, but we certainly uh, wish them all luck, and and they're live on TV, so no doubt we'll be we'll be tuning in. Absolutely. Can we move on to the Lowland League? It wasn't a good afternoon for our Ember sides. No wins for for any of them. We, we certainly yeah, weren't yeah. certainly weren't expecting that. We'll start with the only team that managed to get any form of of point. It was Ember Uni. They were away to Whitehill, who are obviously bottom of the league. Yeah, they drew one all. You know, they took the lead. What disappointed me though, Callum, they conceded a goal two minutes after. You know, to make it one one. That that's that's disappointing. But how do you see it? A, a good point or a bad point? Well, considering they went up there a couple of weeks ago and lost in the Scottish Cup, I think every point's a good point. The If they'd conceded right in the depth, I'd probably disagree and say that that's two points dropped. But for the uni, it's all about finding a little bit of consistency. And what we've been saying is in games against the teams around them, the teams slightly below them, they haven't been able to put in a performance, whereas the teams at the upper end of the league, they have been able to put in a performance. So it was pleasantly surprising to see them go there, get a result, and you know they're putting a little bit of a sort of run together in which they've not lost. So it's a little bit more consistency from them, and they'll climb higher up the league. That's... Yeah, I think what you remember as well, though, is... I'm not 100% sure on this, but certainly last year it was bottom of the league, uh, 
went down automatically. And then depending on, I think, whoever went up, if a team goes up, there's a possibility of then second bottom then coming into coming into it as well with promotion from East of Scotland leagues. So I, I think really you don't want to finish even second bottom. No. You know, so, but what I mean is, this was a point for me that that was an opportunity to really stretch so, a bit of a gap here. So I'm seeing it as probably, especially when you take the lead with only you know maybe 30 minutes to go, you know, you've really got your hand on a really big three points there. So I think they will be disappointed. I think they, they might well be disappointed, but, and I'm going to reference Gordon Strachan here, and it didn't turn out well for him after Scotland drew with Lithuania. He said, look, it's a point, and we'll see if that point makes a difference mm-hmm. at the end of the campaign. So let's see what that point does for him, uni at the end of the season. Yeah. This weekend, though, it isn't league duty. It's South Challenge Cup. They're at home to Edinburgh United. They sit quite low down in the East of Scotland Conference C, four points from five games. Expect Edinburgh United to come through this? Comfortably, yeah. I, yeah. There's, there's no other result here other than the uni getting getting through that. I think the fact is there's now however many conferences in the East of Scotland, I think three, So yeah. because we'll go on to talk about Civil playing a team in Conference A, but they are, what, three three runs below them and not playing particularly well. You know, poor start to the season. So, yeah. Well, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell how... Emirates match up with regard to the conferences, it might seem a little bit. Or is it not off. based on like sort of ability? It's not. Or? It's based on ability in that they seeded teams and they went. You're in A. You're in B. You're in C. You're in A. You're in B. You're in C. And they did not like that to make oh, three. Right, okay. They tried to do okay. three leagues of equal measure right. for this season. Ah. But anyway. Sorry, I thought it was no. basically your better teams are in A and then no. so on and so forth. No, so. But they're low down in, in anyway, the league, yeah, which, 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 is, which is a mix of teams of good ability, poor ability. So, you know, four points in five games that they've not exactly... Set the hell out of it. Yeah, I think the uni will come through and I think they'll come through comfortably. Yeah. Going to move to civil service, Callum, we, we, we spoke about this tough run that they had in, in the league. Yeah. They, they went sort of BSC, they were maybe due to play Spartans, they had Kelty, they then had uh, East Stirling, they've got East Cobride not too far in, in, in the future. This weekend, or last weekend, should I say, it was East Stirling. And it's, it's going to be a, a tough result to take. They lost 4-3, Callum, but the manner of the defeat was, would be disappointing. You're 3-2 yeah. up. Sorry, you know, you're 2-1. You're 1-0 you're, you're down, you're 2-1 up, you're then 3-2 up, and then you lose in the last minute to lose 4-3. I think the fact is, I mean, they went 1-0 down, they battled back half-time, they're winning 2-1. Yeah. Then... Shire equalise, but straight away, Civil go up the park, make it 3 2, assert their dominance again, and then just. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think it's a poor. I think it is I think it is a little bit of a poor result because East Ireland, they do have some good players, and but they've had a very indifferent start to the season. Yeah. They're sitting about 10th, I think, and yeah. it was a game that Civil probably should have put to bed, if I'm honest. It's. Yeah, they're scoring goals, and I just think it's it's desperately unlucky to lose a goal, uh, lose a game in the last minute. But an OG as well. Yeah, I think I think they should have been able to hold on and win the game. Yeah, it's a what will probably be quite quite surprising, but also frustrating. You look at the last three league games, Callum. It's three defeats, 
it's ten goals conceded as well in those three games, which is, you know, in those in those league games, it's 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 unjarred and like at this moment in time. So there's there's certainly a lot of food for thought. Yeah, a lot of food for thought there. But realistically, I think if you go back, yeah, it's three defeats in the league, but it's taken a last minute one goal against East Stirling there. So it's not like you know they're completely out of the game. So you say that's that should have been a point. The game against BSC, they have a penalty chopped out for absolutely no reason, yeah, in no which the referee has got in touch with Jardin to say that he made a mistake. So that's all well and good. Thanks for admitting that. But we can't replay the last <laughs> 15, 20 minutes of that game yeah. with us 2-1 up now and probably going on to take three points. So I think that knocked the stuffing out of Seville, if I'm honest. It sort of took them a little bit. But they managed to respond away up at Forest in the Scottish Cup and I think the potential of playing City in the second round drove them on to win the replay but in the league they're still sort of finding their feet because that I think the performance at Kelty wasn't really a civil performance because I think that just came so far so sorry so soon after the Scottish Cup game and it just was a little bit not on form but I think going into this weekend South Challenge Cup as well Still the holders, obviously. Of course, yeah. And Newton Green Star, who are sitting second in East of Scotland Conference A, which, as I've just learned, does not mean that that <laughs> is the top conference. So I don't really know if they are good or not. Well, you, you look at, you know, seven played, five wins, two draws. They're undefeated yeah. in the league. So it's, it is, you know, it's not a gimme by any stretch of imagination. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I really do. I think Newton Grange have strengthened. They've struggled a little bit in the last couple of years. I think they they were luckily through default. They stayed in the Super League because Kelty came into the Scotland League, no. so they actually stayed up. But they strengthened and uh, and they've looked to add players and they've added a couple of players from impressive Selkirk last season. They picked up one of their better players, so um, uh, uh, Baxter plays right back, decent player actually. So they, they've added players in to try and you know probably kick on and look to try and get in the lower league themselves. So I think it's going to be a tough, a tough game. But you know, we spoke about will cup duty be a hindrance and whatnot. I'm probably thinking after the last two league results, probably come a out, welcome, a welcome break, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, talking about players like Newton Grange had, I went through their squad list and I don't really know names, but I was surprised to see that a guy that we went to school with yeah. is playing with him, ex Aloha, wee Fozzie. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, but. I think Seville will come through this. I think they're very good in the Cups this season. They've been pretty impervious in the South Challenge this season, you know, 9-0 and 5-0. So I think they will come through the game. Yeah, it might be a little bit closer, but they certainly will be in the half of the next round, in my opinion. Last one of the weekend, Callum, was Spartans. They went down to face Gallifrey and Rovers. And it's a bit of a bit of a howling result, isn't it? A very poor, it's, it's poor yeah, you think, know, 3-1 defeat. To take the lead right in the stroke of half time, to be one up at half time after Dishington with a great finish, puts you in. You're thinking, well, I was certainly thinking that, you know, looking at the result coming through, that'll be it. That'll be a three points. So building that in the second half, but well, they chucked it really, didn't they? I they think. conceded a free kick seven minutes into the second half. They conceded a goal six minutes after that to go two one down. You know, two goals conceded in the first what fifty minutes of the second half, kicking off. Just- and then I think the big moment, though, Jack Smith comes on and thinks he thinks he's equalised. You know, he's um, running away celebrating. Both teams got the halfway line. 
a couple of players of gala defenders spit over the linesman, start you know shouting, he's offside, he's offside. Complete confusion going on for everyone. Referee speaks with the assistant, chops it off. My understanding is that the ball was going in, and a Spartans player taps it in on the line when it was going to go in anyway, and that, is, that player is offside. That is unforgivable. It's criminal. That is absolutely unforgivable. I remember doing that when we were playing, I think it was P, and <laughs> the reaction I got from the guy that I stole the goal off was, he was incandescent. So if you're doing that in a league game, realistically, what are you thinking? Yeah. If that ball's going in, right, there is no need to be a, was it Dave Nugent, who scored that goal for England, like on the line, like made his debut, scored <laughs> his debut, and like blutered it in when it was already going in. Don't make that mistake. You're 2-1 down. That's already going in. Yeah. Pu- get that equaliser. Push on for the winner. I think it goes to two Spartans win the game. They probably do. I do. But that is unforgivable yeah. final to few, do that. Yeah. In the final few minutes, obviously, Spartans have been pushing for the equaliser. They concede a free kick. Another goal from a free kick. I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm not seeing highlights, so I don't know if they were worldies, if they went through a wall, went under the wall. I don't know the reports. I couldn't really get too much of a too much of an inclination of what happened there, but it's it's not a good it's not a good result, it's and it's now result. put Spartans fifth, fifth in the league. Fifth now, yeah. But a couple, uh, sorry, a few weeks ago, Civil beat Gal two 0 Fair enough, that was at home, but that that was a result that Spartan. I said we said last week, Spartans if they want to be retaining their title, they need to go down and get a result at Gala. Yeah, not that result yeah. because. The thing is, teams come, around them yeah, in a bit of form. They're picking up points. Coming all Colts have come from like yeah. absolutely nowhere. Kelly have turned it around. Kelly were expected to be up that end at the start of the season, so you're expecting them to put a wee run together at times. But you've still got East Kilbride there. Cumbernauld from nowhere. You've got Kelly, as you were saying. BSC have turned it around a little bit. Yeah. So all of a sudden, results like that. Really, really poor. I know that Gallo have strengthened with the boy Peyton from Hibs, but realistically, it's an unacceptable result. Yeah. They've got a free week this week, Callum, so I'd imagine they'll probably try and get a bounce game or something like that. You know, Yeah, I saw then, White Hill touting themselves about on yeah, social media. So Who knows? I doubt they'll take a friendly against a team in the same league. But, you know, looking ahead, they have Scottish Cup action next against East Cobride, so they'll be looking to, to get their season back on track with, with a win there. But... That's it for this week's episode. Thoroughly enjoyed that. A big shout out to, to Callum uh, Antel for that interview. Really good of him doing that. And it was also nice to see that he actually listens to us on a weekly basis. So that was nice That's to hear as well. Yeah, it was, it was good to hear that uh, he's taken an interest. And yeah, huge props to him for coming on the show. It was fantastic to get his take on things. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been Andrew. I've been Callum. And that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast. <laughs>